The purpose of this service today is two, two purposes, two, two, two points. One is to challenge you, and the other is to encourage you. I don't like a preacher who is constantly beating you down without lifting you up. So I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to challenge you at the same time. We'll read from one verse of Scripture, 2 Kings, chapter 2, and verse 13. My title, if I was to title this message, would be The Crossroads of Life, The Turning Point in Life. Now, there, there are not a lot of times in your life that you come to a crossroad that your choice and your decision will have a profound effect on the rest of your life. Only a handful of them. Make sure that when you come to that crossroad, <clears throat> you make the right choice because there are consequences in the decisions that we make when we come to that crossroad in our life. <clears throat> I'm going to challenge you. Let me read the scripture first. Chapter 2 and verse 13. The story of Elijah and Elisha. When they crossed the Jordan River, and the Bible says that they beheld the chariots of Israel, chariots of fire, horses of fire, swept down and in a whirlwind caught Elijah into heaven. His co-pastor or co-follower or co-helper was Elisha. And he remained as he saw his leader taken into heaven. A crossroad in the life of Elisha. This is what he said. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah. When Elijah was taken into heaven, his mantle fell and Elisha picked it up and he returned and stood by the bank of the river. I wonder what was going through Elisha's mind as he stood by the river. I'm wondering, he, had, he asked for a double portion of the power and the spirit of the man who he had been following for these years. And now he holds the mantle of that great prophet of God, one of the greatest of all prophets ever. And Elisha is holding his mantle. He picks it up, he goes back, and he stands by the side of the riverbank. 
I wonder what was going through his mind. I wonder if he was afraid to even step in to this new point, one new direction of life. He had been following a great man. Elisha had no responsibility. Elijah had a responsibility. Elijah had to call the fire down from heaven. Elijah had to confront all of those kings. Elisha was only his helper. And now he's at a cross point in his life. And he has to make a decision. Could he remain on the side of the Jordan and build a monument for his master? Or does he dare cross the river and enter into a new world of responsibility? It's a crossroad. It's a turning point in this man's life. Every decision that you make has consequences. And so he picks up the mantle and he strikes the water. And he doesn't say, where is Elijah? He doesn't say that. I don't think he struck it lightly. I don't think he spoke the words lightly. I think he had a grip on that mantle. And when he struck the waters, he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? If I'm going to cross that river and go down this path, I want to have the power and presence of the almighty God with me. And he struck the waters and they parted and he crossed on into a powerful, powerful ministry. I believe today that we as a nation, I salute our nation. I say we have a great nation. United States of America, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a part of this great nation. It is the greatest on the face of all of the earth. Thank God for the United States of America. But I believe like Elisha standing by the banks of the river, I believe the United States of America is now standing by the bank of the river. Decision time. I have watched one of the good things when you reach this age. Sometimes you hear an 18-year-old give you his opinion. His opinion doesn't amount, much, amount, amount to very much because he hasn't been around that long. Lift the hand of all you 18, 19-year-olds. But when you see somebody that's older than Methuselah, <laughs> listen to him because he knows what he's talking about. He has seen in his lifetime many things. I have watched the deterioration of a great nation. I remember when we stood, put our hand over our heart when they gave the pledge. 
I remember proudly when we saluted the flag. I remember proudly the, the things that, that God had given us as a great nation when we all had respect for our country and our flag. I watched the deterioration. Now, don't blame it on politicians. Blame it on us. We, the people of the United States of America, it's easy for us to say it's that political party that's caused the destruction or it's that particular party that's caused the destruction. We, the people, are standing on the bank of the river. It's decision time. Shall we return back into the things that we've experienced in the last number of years? Or shall we cross over and make a difference for our country? Amen. 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 Decision time. For every decision you make, you may be lost today. You may have been feeling a hunger for God in your heart. You may have had that for some time. You've not made the decision. You walked away from it. There are consequences of the decisions you make. In the Bible, the 10th chapter of Mark, there was a young man, and he came to Jesus, a good young man whole, healthy, good young man, came to Jesus, bowed at his feet, and he said, good master or teacher, tell me what I need to do to have eternal life. And Jesus began to give him the commandments of God, ten commandments, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt do this, that shall not. And he looked, he was bowed down at the feet of Jesus, he looked up at Jesus and he said, well, I've kept these all of my life since I was a young man. I've obeyed all of that. Jesus looked at him and said, good. Tell you what I want you to do. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Because the Bible says he was a man of much goods. In fact, it's titled the rich young rule in many of your Bibles. Young man of wealth, probably handsome, probably good physically, wasn't sick, old, run down. He had things in life. And Jesus said, why don't you just get that rid of that? Follow me. Follow me. Can you imagine you're at the feet of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. You're there at his feet. And he says, follow me. God, what a privilege. He said that to Mark. He said that to Matthew. He said that to John, Peter and John and Jane, follow me. And now this young man has the opportunity of standing side by side with the greatest group of men to ever live, the apostles of Jesus Christ. And Christ said, follow me. And he turned and walked away. What was his name? I don't even remember his name. 
You remember Larry Myers. You'll remember me until you die. I don't even know who that young man's name, what his name was. There's no history of him. That's the consequences of making the wrong decision. If God had been dealing with you, whether you're young, middle age, or my age, if God has been dealing with you, before we say the final amen today, I want you to make the right decision when Jesus invites you to follow him. Decision. Bible said in the book, the first chapter of the book of Ruth. Ruth lost her husband, lost both of her sons. She had left Bethlehem of Judah and gone into Moab because of the famine in the land of Judah. Went over full, lost everything that she had. And now she has heard that there's food in Judah, and she's returning back to Judah, to Bethlehem. They come to the border between the two countries, and she tells her daughters-in-law, Oprah and Ruth, I have no more children for you. I'm old. I'm not married. I have no husband." And even if I was to get a husband today and bear children, would you wait until they were grown and marry them? It's not logical. Go back to your own people. Go back to your own home. Marry. Have children. Live a normal life, a good life. I can't give you anything. Decision time on the border between Moab and Jerusalem on the, the, the decision time. What do I do? Do I go back to my own people or do I go across the border where I've never been with my mother-in-law? One of those, Oprah, turned and went back. I have no idea whatever happened to her. I do not know the name of her husband. I do not know how many children she had after she went back home. I don't know if she died at 30. I don't know if she lived to be 80. I have no idea. That's all that I know when she made that decision. I'm going back. But I do know what happened to the other one. Ruth said, no way. No way. Like the little boy said, no way, hail. <laughs> no way. I'm not going back. And he says to, his, to her mother-in-law, I will cling with you. I will follow you. I will be with you. I will, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. But I am never going to leave you. Now, that's final. I do know what happened to Ruth. I do know who she married. I do know the name of her first son. I do know the name of his son and follow me on down through the generation. I do know the name of the most famous in her bloodline, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Decisions. Decisions. 
And as I said, as a nation, we are standing on a cross road in our life. We the people, don't blame your politicians. God didn't say, if my politicians who are called by my name, no. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive them and heal their land. We, the people of Lafayette, we, the people of family life, we, the people, if we will turn and follow Christ in a, in a special, wonderful way, I guarantee you we will rejoice because of the beautiful benefits of turning back and making the right decision. I said I was going to challenge you. If God speaks to you, say, here, my Lord, talk to me. If he tells you to do something, just do it. I have T-shirts, a lot of them at my house. They're wearing them in Mexico. Why do it? Turn around, because I can. That's what I want men and women, real men, real women that are willing to stand up and just do it because through Christ we can conquer all things. Before I tell you about the next guy, I want to tell you about this guy. It, at my home, I have a, like a four-acre pond. And I have a little courtyard going into my little homemade cabin, but it's out of my pond. Two block uh, 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 stone columns with my mom and dad, little 10-foot John boat reaching from one column to the other. And a big sign, eight foot long, hanging under them, built out of board arc. When you become 250 years old, go home, you'll still see that piece of wood. It's not going to rot. When you walk into that courtyard of, of my little cabin, it says, rivers I have known. And when you come back on the backside, it says, because I can. Make that determination when God speaks to you. Just do it. Never forget coming down the, Chaffle, the Red River to the Atchafalai River. Got ready to cross that lock there uh, above, uh, north of, uh, up the river from Simmersport. Commercial fisherman in a big old boat with all the nets on it looked at me and said, you can't make it. Your little boat's too small. I waited until they loaded the boat and got out of there, and I made it. You know why? Because I could. I put the boat, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the Mississippi River, and I took it out at St. Francisville here in Louisiana. Do you know why? Because I could. I went to Great Falls, Montana, slid that little boat in the Missouri River, 
The Rangers told me when I called them, it is virtually impossible for you to do this river in your little old flat bottom boat. Might be true, but I virtually did it because I virtually could do it. I'm talking about being men and women for God, for the kingdom of God. We can do it. Amen. Amen. Moses reached a cross point in his life where two highways crossed. He had been in the desert, backside of the desert, been there for about 40 years, married, had children. Everything was going along wonderful in his life. Perfect, perfect. And all of a sudden, God shows up in a little bush that wouldn't stop burning. And God said to Moses, Moses, I am sending you to bring my people out of bondage. Very important that you remember that God said, these are my people. I'm just sending you to bring my people out of bondage. Crossroads tried himself tried his best to talk God out of it. I'm not the man. Look for a Cajun in Louisiana. They're tough. They can do it. I'm not the man. I can't speak good. I stutter. I'm slow of speech. I can't do it. Over and over. But God said, Moses, go and lead my people out of bondage. Now, if God is calling you for some ministry or calling you for anything, don't stutter. God is never, ever going to send you anywhere to fail. Never. <clears throat> if God is sending you, if you fail, God's failed. Whoa, pretty deep, isn't it? Because this is what God said, Moses, I will be with you. And so God led the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and gave the credit for it to Moses. Moses was no more but the, the point man on the column of, of the soldiers behind him. He was a point man. The real power behind it all was our precious and wonderful God that we serve. Not only, not only did God promise to be with Moses and proved himself to be with Moses, in fact, God said, lead, guide my people out. But God said that he was the one that guided them out. He says in the word of God, he said, I took them by way of the, uh, not by way of the Philistines, because if they would have been in war, they might have gotten afraid and went back. I guided them around across the sea. This is what God said. Moses was just riding in front. Not only does God promise to be with you, but I promise you he'll send a team to help you. 
It wouldn't be Moses and God. It would be Moses, God, and a team. That would be Joshua. Never heard of him in my life until he got involved with the team. That would be Caleb, Aaron, Miriam, her, and a multitude of righteous men. And together they would come out of the Egyptian bondage. Never fear to say yes to God because you can't see the final results. God will send a team, a team, and together you will do it. I remember in 1978, I, ar I arrived at a cross point in my life, a decision to make. I was 41 years old. I had built a beautiful, beautiful church in Denison. Great. Physically with my hands. Financially, much of it with my offerings. I did not take a salary. I cut hair as a barber and worked at night on the building. But we built a great church. And now God's about to mess it all up. I had ever right to say, do you know what you're doing? But I didn't have the nerve. I was at a cross point. Go to Mexico or stay in Denison. It wasn't election time for me. I was voted in indefinite as long as I wanted to stay as the pastor. That was a decision to be made. Do I say no to the wooing of the Spirit of God to be a missionary? Did I dare say yes to the part of me that wanted to stay in Denison? <clears throat> a turning point. <clears throat> That would literally affect not only my life, my life forever. That normally would last me a month. <laughs> I'm not fond of water. Not only would it affect my life and my family's life, but it would also affect tens of thousands of people in Mexico. Dr. Jim Nichols and Carmen can vouch for the words that I am saying. I'm talking about tens of thousands from border to border, from coast to coast, all rested on my decision. Yes or no, there are consequences. I said yes. Just because you're saying yes to the call of God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Know that. Know that. You think it was easy for Moses? How about the time that God said to him, get yourself down. Your people who you brought out of the land of Egypt are sinning and I'm angry. And Moses stepped between God and where he's pointing his finger and he said, whoa, just a minute, just a minute. 
Number one, God, they're not my people. They're your people. Remember when he called him, he said, lead my people. They're not mine. They're yours. I did not lead them out. You led them out by the power of your mighty hand. You led them out. Now that we've got this straight, I'll go down and take care of the problem. (laughs) It's not always going to be easy, but you're always going to have God with you, and you're going to have a team with you. So I go in to Mexico, and I had my problems. But God put together a team that every missionary around the world would love to have. He gave me Moises Carranza. We crisscrossed the northern part of Mexico and built multitudes of churches. Gave me Carlos in Chiapas, young men that I discipled. Made, uh, uh, made, let me, let me erase that made, became a great leader. He now pastors over 300 credentialed pre- preachers who pastor thousands of people. That's my team. He gave me the Linscombe family, Russell Linscombe. 30-some years, he stood right here by the right side of me. Never a crossword between us. God gave me Russell. Gave me the entire Linscombe family. Gave me Tom Schaefer. Great medical man. Indiana, his wife, fabulous nurse. And together, together, we built Atoyak, which has, which has blessed Thousands upon thousands of people, medically speaking. Gave me family life. Put family life with me, part of my team. Now, how, how am I going to fail when family life stands with me and has for 20-some years? Gave me Francis Martin. You remember that young man? Todd Menard. That's my team. Gave me the Bork family. The Tipito family. Gave me multitudes of doctors, surgeons, plastic surgeons, dentists. One of them sitting right here. All of that he brought into my team. So, you tell me what I've done in Mexico? Me, God, and the team has done a few things for the kingdom of God. So, if God calls you, don't hesitate to say, here my Lord, send me. I have about two more minutes that I am so good at stretching out to 10. (laughs) My stalwart, my pillar, my Samson passed within three miles of where I was in Atoyak. I didn't know him. 
goes down about 20 miles of the river and a bridge that crosses it. Paul Pogue and Judy Pogue get out of their vehicle and they stand by the river, by the bank of the river, the little old bridge, and look down at the poor bathing in the river, washing their clothes in the river. Judy turned to Paul and says, what can we do to help? The turning point in the life of this young couple, just starting out in business, just stepping out in business. Now they're multimillionaires. That was the proper decision right there on that bridge when they said, Lord, what can we do to help? I think God said, wait a couple of weeks. You'll be back in Denison. Mary Lou Myers is going to invite you over to supper. Larry Myers will be back out of Mexico. And that's going to begin a relationship that is powerful before God. That's my team. That's my team. People who would give their lives along with me for the call of serving the almighty God. I told you I was going to encourage you, but at the same time going to challenge you. Now, if you feel like there's something that you really have been putting off doing and you've just waited and waited and shoved it back, consequences, I don't think you want to pay those consequences. I think this morning you need to say, Lord, here am I, my life, my everything, I give to you, Lord. It's yours because he will be with you and then he will bring a team together that will be with you. And whatever he sends you to do, it will be successful because God is not one to lie and he is not one to fail. Just don't try to figure it out. Just say, here, my Lord, lead me. Would you stand? I normally turn the service to pastor. I'm just going to ask him to come be with me. Because I feel like this message right here is so important for you. As an American, don't blame the Democrats. Don't blame the Republicans. Don't blame anybody. Except look in the mirror and blame yourself. We have allowed the deterioration. Now, we are God's people. If we seek his face, then he will hear from heaven. And the rest, you know what the scripture says. So I ask you as an American, if you feel like you have slighted your, um, your citizenship as an American and you've let it down, you've covered your eyes over things that you know is wrong, you haven't even prayed about it. I'm going to ask you to examine your heart. And if any one of you has ever felt a call to serve God in any kind of a way, but you've let fear rob you of that, when we pray, I'm going to ask you to come forward and rededicate your life to Christ. Here am I, Lord. I'm hearing you. I'm listening, Lord. Show me the way. Pastor, will you come?